ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and All Seasons Tabletop Studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, Dr. Pierre Corey confirms Big Pharma's corruption of the medical system. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. I still want to maybe see Fauci on his best behavior. We can only pray that that happens. True. Yeah. Well, you don't know what his best behavior is. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undiluted Truth. Who is that mask? Yeah, who is that guy? Anyway, um, let's go ahead and welcome our host, Mike. How are you doing? And our special guest (laughs) in studio, that mask man himself, Joe. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely, and it's good to be here. Yes, I must yeah. say I'm doing fantastic. But it, as always, it's getting better. Uh, not as always, but the, you know, most of the time it's getting better. That's well, uh, good. Good to be back in studio, and it's good to get a dose of the injection of the undiluted truth. That's, That's what right. we intend to do. Welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers out there. It is good to have you listening in and. We hope that we bring you uh, enough uh, of a dose that it gets you at least until uh, last until Thursday. Right, that's, that's our objective. Yes, absolutely. That, yes, absolutely. So today's episode, as you have heard, we have Dr. Pierre Corey joining Dell Big Tree, and this is coming from the High Wire. So joining Dell Big Tree and Dr. Paul Merrick in this interview. This was an awesome interview, by the way. Some of Dell's interviews with, I, I, I'm calling these guys big hitters, world-renowned doctors. They're not as long as this one is, but this we're getting more bang for the buck. And, of course, the meeting or conference that Dr. Paul Merrick was sort of set up on, and we, we covered that in a previous uh, episode or two, but that's where him and Dr. Pierre Corey met, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. They really didn't know each other. And so the I, I guess the account of that day right. is talked a bit about. So you're going to hear a little bit of that. And Dr. Pierre Corey is going to sort of start us off here with – what his thoughts were when he was looking at this basic setup of mm-hmm. Dr. Paul Merrick's cocktail, if you were, will or treatment of sepsis, the successful treatment, I might add, of sepsis, and how Big Pharma's tentacles reached out through these individuals and tried to, not tried, they did. Mm-hmm pervert or or uh, uh, sabotage, if you will, this intentionally sabotage these trials to say something that really wasn't so. Yeah. And 
we might ask why, but I think we know why, well, mm-hmm. most of the reasons why. So with that being said, I think we can, we can just kind of get right into it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, will, will sort of wrap up uh, this interview. There again, it's coming from thehighwire.com. If you want to go see a little bit more of this, uh, there's uh, probably about 40, well, no, maybe 35 uh, minutes uh, that we won't uh, get to in this, mm. but it's really interesting uh, uh, topics and and details in this uh, scientifically and medically. That uh, for those minds that are looking to absorb that sort of thing, you would enjoy that. So, all right. Well, the first voice, uh, well, the first couple of voices you're going to hear is Dell and uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, which uh, is joining them via I'm going to call it Zoom. So. We ready to go over there, Ben? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Without any further ado, here we go. Oh, Pierre, I, I've obviously had moments to see you speak and be around you. That's about the most measured I've ever seen you. I mean, that was incredible. That's incredible how you laid that out. But what was it like to have to sit in that audience when, you know, you're a passionate guy, you also... We're doing your own studies. You saw Merrick's work. You're doing your own studies with vitamin C. They're amazing, right? And then you go with him to say, man, let me support you. Let me be there. Where Again, this, you've, I mean, you keep being in these moments. You've been at the Senate hearings. You did ivermectin. But this is, this is even before that. You go to this meeting thinking, this is it. We can save millions of people to sit and watch him going through this hit job with this study, what was that like in, in your experience and what, you know, watching it? Well, I, I would start, Dell, with what it's like now. I just had to watch that. And I, it's like PTSD. I, I was literally fidgeting in my chair. I wanted to scream because it's, <laughs> it was really tragic what happened. And, you know, when, when, when Paul and I planned to go, I mean, it was really to go, I, would, I wouldn't say celebrate, but we were so optimistic and so looking forward to changing the trajectory of sepsis. I mean, really, Paul had discovered and identified a profoundly life-saving therapy. And and I know that. Many other people know that. And But that's not what happened. You know, um, yeah, you know when you talk about how maybe measured I was in my comments, uh, there was a warning before the session started, the discussion, by the moderator saying that he knows that this is an emotionally charged issue and he asked everyone for calm and no vitriol. And so, uh, you know, I, I adopted a rather inquisitive approach. Like, why did you do this when I knew exactly? Actually, at the time, Del, I, I made the same mistake I made again in, in early COVID is I thought, I thought the trialists were ignorant and stupid. Or, or let's just use the word ignorant. I thought that they had designed the trial because they didn't understand the time sensitivity of an intervention in a medical emergency. And and to give them the benefit of ignorance rather than malevolence, uh, I made that mistake again. You know when I made that mistake again? It was in March of 2020 when I heard that the FDA was restricting hydroxychloroquine to the hospital. Mm. I said to myself, gee, that seems awfully ignorant. Why would you give a potential antiviral, you know, 10 days into the disease? And so every time, you know, my, na- my naivete is, thinks that a- an action done by either trialists or journals or agencies is ignorant, um, I've been constantly disproven that it's not, it's quite malevolent. And I don't know who designed that trial, but I, I gotta tell you, if you look back at the history of vitamin D and now the history of vitamin C since that meeting, 
you see a medical literature polluted with absurdly designed trials, which are designed to fail, designed to sh show no benefit. Pharma attacks vitamins, any natural supplements, any non-obscene profit-producing intervention, it gets destroyed in the medical literature. And it's like Paul said, I mean, science is, it, it's, it's, it's just been rot rotted to the core by these influences. I, I think there are great scientists, there are great doctors. The, the, the problem that you mentioned also on this show is that, unfortunately, there are so many doctors practicing in a rotten system who have no awareness that it was rotten. And that was me. That was me up mm. until I would say it started at Belfast. My awakening started in Belfast mm. and then COVID was like a masterclass in the corruption. I, I like that comment. He, he referred, you know, mm. it, it started yeah. with, with the sepsis, which was a couple of years before COVID or okay. Corona right. or whatever. And he called it a masterclass. And <laughs> it, it, it was, he saw a little bit with the sepsis deal and how they were treated. And then when COVID came out, it really sort of crescendoed into some major intentional corruption with the system, which right. was, so, was so severe that it was killing people. And that, I think, is where people like Pierre Corey and, and Paul Merrick and, and Dell and, and many others are left with their, you know, with their jaws dropped. Like, how did we get here? You yeah. know, how did we get here? I can appreciate <laughs> the thing that he said. And uh, Joe, you, you're in the medical uh, field as a medical technologist, and and I did this. I was like him. I think we all sort of wanted to give these people the benefit of the doubt up front. Now, here's a an awesome doctor in critical care that did just that. He was like, how could they sort of not know how to do this study based on what we presented to them? Yeah. So how could they be so, <laughs> well, he backed up. He's, he sort of said it and then he tried to erase it, but you know, the word stupid. Uh, yeah. But he, he, he was like, well, how could they be so ignorant? I think that statement alone is profound because for a long time, I held those people—the ones that went to med school and you know whatever your 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 expertise was, you know you're a special in a specialist in this area, that area. I held those guys way up, mm -hmm. and to know that he even even when he was giving them the benefit of the doubt, his question was, "How can they be so ignorant?" as to not know this. Right. That's that's profound, I think. It is it is because you know, we look at at all the advances that we've had in medicine, all the things that we have learned and and still you have these fupas in in terms of real science versus pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. And and you wonder how, like you said, how can you, how can you not see? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you know it it's it's pretty bad when. Well, I consider myself and and a few others laymen when it comes to this sort of thing, and I think it's it's really bad when 
it's people like us that have to take charge now in hospitals to help the so-called specialists know how to treat patients. You know, no, you're not giving them that. You know what that will do? That will kill them. They've got a a twenty a twenty times bigger chance of renal failure if you give them that. You're not. So I mean, that's sad in itself. That that now we're not just there to make sure that the nurses and the care you know individuals come in and and do what they need to do in the room. Uh, that was just a small part of being there with your family. Now you you really need to be a, a doctor or a doctor's manager or supervisor. To- you, you, you have to be a healthcare advocate for your family member when you're there. And, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm listening to this, and it's reminding me of some mission stories that I've heard over time where in the mission fields they don't have a lot of doctors or nurses, they have one or two, and, and the family member has to come in and take care of their family at the hospital, and the the nurse is just delivering the medicine type thing. And I'm thinking, you know, this is the kind of thing that we've gotten to here now. I've got to be there with my family member that's in the hospital, and I've got to watch everything that's going on. I have to be their advocate for their health Otherwise, they're going to be harmed by the medical system. Absolutely, and I and I appreciate that analogy because we're not in the mission field. We're not out in the wilderness away. We are in a country with the best medical care in the world. I mean, it's it has been for years. I mean, if you want to get the best care in general, it it was in this country. I mean, not that you got awful care anywhere else, but we're not in the mission field. But I like that comparison because that's sort of where we've gone to of being leaders in this sort of thing to, okay, your sister, brother, mother, father is going into the hospital. Make sure you guys get there to, to, to tell them in the hospital how to care for your relative, which is, in my opinion, absolutely insane. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, wanted to just make that quick comment, uh, and let's let's pick back up here uh, with uh, Corey in, in this meet, in this uh, interview here. Uh, Paul, so how was this study designed? I mean, I, I know that you know we see in that video, uh, Doctor Corey gets up and talks about like this sort of timing issue. I know one of the big hydroxychloroquine studies that uh, Anthony Fauci pointed to was was in veterans, and when we looked at that study, they were like on their deathbed. It was like the last measure being used when everyone was saying early treatment is obviously, with hydroxychloroquine especially, if you're gonna have success, the earlier you treat it upon diagnosis, let's get this in there. We also knew that the disease within five days we started learning had done all of its damage, and now you're just dealing with sequela. So in this situation is it similar was the timing of the use of this what you was that the issue that you had with with the the study so out of all diseases we know out of every single disease we know sepsis is the most time sensitive disease it's absolutely time sensitive so imagine if you went to hospital in septic shock with a bacterial pneumonia and at risk of dying and the doctor said you know what we're not going to give you antibiotics now 
we're going to wait until tomorrow. Right. We're going to wait until tomorrow because it's not important to treat you. That's exactly what they did in this study. They haven't, they never told us the time delay. We know that it was at least from the time they were admitted to hospital to the time they got the first dose of vitamin C, at least 18 hours. Wow. We don't really know the day, the dose, the, the duration, because they won't share it with us because they know they made a mistake. Okay, real quick. So that's what Dr. Pierre Corey was saying. Wait a minute. We're treating in critical care inside of 10 hours. I mean, that was the limit. Yeah. You, get, you get past 10 hours, and now that it gets, you know, you might not, you might not save any of them. It's a, you know, it's a chance that, you know, in the, in the further along. So that's where, so he says in their study, 18 hours was sort of the average. And that is absolutely right. absurd. I can tell it, you that because yes. we have, we have protocol that, that when we have a sepsis and, and, and we know, I mean, is, mm-hmm. this is this is a thing that is that's told us. You know, we actually get some of this information over the intercom. Basically, it says you have this going on in this room. We need to, and and this is jump on it. Get on it now. Take care of what needs to be done now. When when we are getting the labs, we need to get a phlebotomist there, or the nurse needs to draw the blood now and get it to the laboratory now, yes. so that we can test it and get that information back to the doctor that says yes this is sepsis or no it's not right so they can treat it now yeah so what and yeah so once it you know so once it presents now you know these guys are ready to go they've they've got a successful yeah treatment for it boom they're in and you know just to back up a bit on those who may not have picked up the the, the previous episodes uh, but but Please listen to those, but very critical that when Dr. Merrick first, his first patient, he wasn't sure exactly how this was going to work, but the first thing he did was high doses of vitamin C right away, boom. And then, of course, you know, the cocktail we've, we've mentioned was uh, hydroxyl, not uh, hydro, hydrocortisone. Hydrocortisone, the, yeah. The, yeah, the, the steroid and, and then thiamine. Uh, th- thiamine, yeah. Right. So uh, he, he mixed those three together after the fact and just awesome. And it was 100% within that time frame, 100% of those treated were leaving the hospital in no more than four days. Yeah. So, uh, but... So here we go, and, and the one thing he mentioned, this this struck me interesting, not like, wow, I didn't think that would happen, but it is just par for the course with Big Pharma and what these people do, but they wouldn't give them any information on the doses and how much and how long and, and, and how all of this was done, in his words, because they knew they had botched the whole thing. Yeah, that makes it a little suspect right off uh, the bat. Thank you. Yes. I mean, if you won't, yeah. you're not going to give me your study information. And here are the professionals. Why? We go back to yeah. this. You so, know? And I, I was going to bring up the other thing that Paul, uh, not Paul, but um, Pierre Corey said in that meeting was, you know, w- with our studies, we've found that after 12 hours, after you've identified it early on, like we're saying, like mm-hmm. as soon as they're in the, ED department and they've and you've seen that it's septus the clock starts mm-hmm. within nine hours like you said they're treating them 
with this protocol. Yes. And then, uh, but he said after 12 hours, we saw no benefit. Right. So, and you just said that their delay, just their delay in, in figuring out, I guess, that they had septus was on average 18 hours. You're already well past the 12. Yeah. I'm I mean, not even even if they treat it at that point, you're still past the twelve. Well, sure. So and I'm not. Yeah. So you're 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 past that, right? With their, with their whatever that delay was that he just brought up. Sure. And to Joe's point, you know, you need to jump on this if there's any suspicion that sepsis is going to present itself. So I'm not sure if it took them right. that long to to identify that it was. Right. I don't think that whatever, was the case. Well, well, whatever that delay is. Well, yeah, that's, yeah it, it that's was. That's all I'm saying. That that delay was before the was, treatment. So there was whatever no, it is, there was no treatments right. on average for 18 hours. Right. Yeah. Dell's going to make a couple of comments here. That, yeah. <laughs> that are real and coming from more of a a a patient and family member. Frustrations that I think we all have. So let's let's continue here. Wow. But we know they waited at least twenty-two hours before. Sorry, they waited at least eighteen hours before they got the first dose. And you know, Pierre Pierre has done some really good data showing that it's a very time-sensitive disease. And if you look at the successful vitamin C studies, they're all given within ten hours, preferably six hours. So as mm-hmm. Pierre said, whether this was just stupidity and bad thinking or was done on design, the study mm-hmm. was destined to fail. When I thought about this, and I've always thought of sepsis as like blood poisoning, like it's running throughout my body, I thought this would be the case of imagine your child is bit by a rattlesnake or a cobra, depending mm-hmm. on where you live. You rush them to the hospital, and they say, you know what, we're doing a trial right now, and in our trial, we are not going to give the antidote for the toxic venom running through their veins right now that's infecting your blood, moving through your body for 18 hours. Like, no one would do that. So when you explain this, I mean, that is what sepsis, sepsis is moving so quickly, it's as though you are, you know, you're poisoned, right? You're, you're dying mm-hmm. of toxic poisoning uh, systemically through the body, the idea that they're saying like 12 hours after, they're only going to begin looking at 12 hours, I think, after they've sort of diagnosed it. How, who knows how long it took to diagnose this? All of those things are the hours you're talking about. You're saying it looks like at least 18 hours that they waited. And once again, just like this solidarity trial, I would say this, not only are they inept, not only are they inept, not only is this study a fraud and a disaster, I believe these people clearly murdered people to make a point. These studies are being done in a way you would never make someone in septic shock wait that long for anything except they're going to make them wait that long for vitamin C. You can't tell me that's accidental. Pierre, there's no way that's accidental. <laughs> there's no way. And Dell, let me make that point. So, mm. you know, it, you just showed what, you know, that initial debate discussion where we critique the fatal flaw of that trial. That was well publicized. A lot of intensivists around the world saw the, that meeting. A lot of the, the, you know, the world's eyes were on that meeting, at least in our specialty. Now, I've also written editorials, which have been published in high impact journals, you know, really emphasizing the time sensitivity and the need for early treatment. Guess what, Dell? Since that vitamins trial was published, we have now, I don't know, maybe five or six large, double blind, multi-center, rigorous, prospective controlled trials of IV vitamin C and the MARA protocol, which all continue to give it late. 
So, you know, I, I would have given wow. them a pass on the first thing for not understanding the therapy. But when you see the entire medical system and the re research and infrastructure continue to crank out trials where they're not giving it early. That makes no sense. I mean, no. I mean, this uh, I could feel the frustration. No. I could only imagine if I was <laughs> was as versed in what he does, you know, you know, you'd be uh, angry What these guys. He's you can see and tell that, you know, Dr. Corey has worked up. He's like, OK, well, you know, he's he's put this information out now. Five, you know, five to six bigger studies that are that are reaching around the world. Mm hmm. All still giving the this, treatment. This doesn't late. make sense. Not from from yeah. my perspective as a medical professional. This makes no sense at all because I know that when we have a sepsis situation in our ED, that it is get on this right away, get started with treatment right away, find out everything that we can about this right away, so that we can prevent this from killing the person because and 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 our protocol says we've got to get this within six hours because after six hours our chances of saving this person have dropped off significantly Ab absolutely so so you guys need to get with with uh paul merrick's yeah the, uh, the merrick uh, cocktail the, yeah the merrick treatment Start using yeah. it at your hospital if any doctors are willing to, you know, actually do something. Well, you know, I, I tell you what, if you, I don't know if you've got any of the patients or uh, that's where it needs to, you know, the patient family say, yeah. look, there is another yeah. treatment, but you, you, you really are on, you know, you're up against the clock on all of you this. Are. So, but this treatment, if you get in there with, with a couple of those things, in, in, it's all intravenous, get in there quick. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, essentially, my understanding is even if they get a good load of vitamin C early, that's going to give you a little bit of time, you know, to get the other things in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a vitamin C. And he's got it worked out. He mentioned it on the last podcast. Yeah, I think it was like 1.5 grams. Yeah, he's got uh, it vitamin all, C. It's all started early and it's over like 12 hours or something. And then you do different yeah. times and stuff with the other two. But yeah. Right. It, but it big, seems to me it's almost like they're But you have to start waiting, the vitamin C first. That's what he said. Yeah. It, it seems to C's. me it's almost like they, they drew a blood culture at the beginning, and they're waiting to see if it comes up positive. Yeah. Blood cultures don't come up positive for any they – can, they can wait literally days before they come well, up positive. Maybe you're okay? onto something there. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so <laughs> let's wait until we get the culture result. Well, right, the, yeah. The Meanwhile, thing. our patient dies. And yeah. Oh well, okay. Right. Back to work. But you know. the sad, the sad thing is, is you've got world-renowned doctors, and and just to remind everyone listening, is is that uh, Dr. Paul Merrick is the second most published doctor in critical care, the second most published doctor in the world. So yeah. these yeah. are, and and so if this man is telling you that, hey, this is how we are giving this cocktail mm -hmm. it needs to be done early we need to get in there and get it done so why wouldn't i mean it's to me it's insane that okay well that's that's great all right well let's take a look and see how effective this thing is so all right well let's uh yeah you know see dr uh, merrick says it needs to be given you know ideally within six hours but no more than nine to ten 
All right, let's set this thing up for 18 hours later. It, it makes no sense. No. You know, I, no. I just don't get that. So, no. uh, it, you know, the, I, that's where there's a major disconnect for me, and well, I think anybody that's got any common sense. Well, well I mean, yeah, and, and common sense is exactly what my dad was saying a minute ago and yeah. what, the, what they're saying. Common sense is if you're doing a trial – you're still treating the patient within the same time frame that you normally would. You're just trying a different treatment. Yes, absolutely. You, you shouldn't be changing the time. You shouldn't be saying, oh, well, it's septus. Let's go ahead and yeah. wait a little bit. I mean, right. and, and that's kind of what Pierre Corey hit on. He's like, this is critical care, right? Y'all understand what. Uh, exactly. Like, Because he hit on that last time. It's like. So common sense just means you're not changing your protocol that you already have established that we got to get on this, like my dad's saying. You're just doing (laughs) a different thing to see if the protocol works just like Paul Merrick did. He's like, what do I got to lose? I'm going to try this. And then it worked. Well, you know, and and it goes along with the other critical things that, that we do that come in. When somebody comes in with a heart attack, we don't wait 18 hours before we start treating them. Well, sure. And I love And if they come in with... With a stroke, we don't wait for eighteen hours. We have we have literally with with a heart attack, we have sixty minutes. Yeah, that's the that is the the that is called the golden hour mm-hmm. with a heart attack. Sixty minutes. Right. We've got to do something now. Right. And sepsis is the same way. You have to do something now. Right. Well, well I I was just going to say, anyone with any common sense would know. I mean, I've. Uh, known of sepsis for long enough to know that when you hear that and you hear someone has that you say it's not good this could this could this could end up in death which most of them do but just to hear sepsis and treatment right i'm like hurry yeah i mean hurry it's got and so I don't quite understand all of that, but let's uh, let's finish up this. Just couple of more uh, items here we need to hit before we close out. Here we go. Right. I'm calling foul here again. Don't make me be naive again, though, because I've I've learned a lot. Yeah. All right. When we're talking about you know this, what is the mechanism? Why is have you, when you've looked at why is vitamin C working for yeah. those of us that have brains to recognize that should one of our loved ones find this, uh, themselves in this situation, we're going to say I want the I want the Merrick protocol. Why does it work? Yeah. Okay. He's going to get into the, uh, the the biological and the uh, the chemistry right. side of why it works and so forth. I will let to. I don't want to cover that. I want to get to this uh, to kind of finish up on the the latter part of this now. But uh, that's if if you're interested, you know. For me, I'm you know just tell me what to get. <laughs> tell me what I need to, to to give. Show me the cocktail so I can tell the doctors this is what I don't need to know. But it is interesting. So, but I I wanted to I wanted to cover this one. Last thing, uh, as we wrap up here with Dr. Merrick, and uh, it's it's sort of what we started with uh, originally. Okay. Uh, with the character mm-hmm. assassination of him, uh, and I will back this. I don't want to miss uh, this. I'll let you hear from his his words here. So we'll we'll go through this. Make a couple of comments uh, about this. Uh, this is. Sad, but true. Here we go. 
which uh, you may not know. So I, I think you saw from the video clip the positive response from the nurses, yes, the CEO of the hospital, the dean. Um, so obviously things have changed with time. You know, I was forced to quit because I, they wouldn't let me practice medicine. Mm -hmm. So now those very people who were supporting me, those very people who saw the great success, those very people are accusing me of fabricating the data. Oh my God. Wow, huh. so they're gonna go against the only success they saw in the hospital. So they don't want to admit that I was right. They don't want to embrace that I was right. They see me as the enemy and they will do whatever they can. They will do whatever they can to take me down. How sad. Now, in that, mm. in that video, these people were, were touting him, and actually the hospital and, and some interested wanted to do trials in his, in his hospital. And, and by the way, this was at Norfolk uh, 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 Sintera Hospital. Norfolk, Virginia, by the way, that's where yeah. Dr. Cor used, uh, Dr. Be, used to be Norfolk General, the biggest hospital yeah. in the city. That's where Dr. Merrick was practicing. So they were so behind this that when trials were mentioned, the nurses basically, you know, built a human wall saying over our dead bodies because trials mean control group and control group means no one gets this treatment and that means death. We're not going to sit here and allow it knowing that this is saving lives. They were praising him. Right. And now, after all of this, I'm going to just read part of this uh, this article here, and it, it does. It's this is a director of enterprise and invest, investigative reporting MedPage, uh, and this was this was put out March 25th, 2022, not too many months ago. Infamous vitamin C study may rely on fraudulent data. Now, just that headline. Mm -hmm. infamous mm -hmm. but like it's it's already it's already just in the title alone destroying the vitamin c part so it says the data underpinning an infamous study of vitamin c for sepsis may be fraudulent according to an analysis by an australian physician and statistician statistician so it it gets into this thing that now these same people that loved him and defending him, when Big Pharma got their tentacles wrapped up in these people, and who knows what they did, whether it was threatened, you know, promised them. I was just going about to say, if you see that big of a flip with a bunch yeah. of different people, yeah, somebody had to have been threatened. Yeah, so incentives given, whatever it is, uh, it, this man... You can't refute the lives that they see. This is just remarkable to me. You have to be an absolute idiot to read something like this and then go, "Well, yeah, that guy was that was that was fraudulent. That that doesn't work." Well, it was when it when it was administered, one hundred percent of the patients were leaving the hospital alive and healthy from sepsis. Don't tell me it it, it wasn't working. How could he? How can the information be fraudulent? I, I you know, how can the his study so be fraudulent? It was the actual stu fraudulent study that was done and, and exposed in Belfast mm -hmm. that sort of made the news. But 
ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are with big pharma, our medical system, and those that are willing. And I do believe that some are willing. And, and the statement was made earlier, not by us, we'll just repeat it, that some of these people were murdered to basically prove a point. Mm-hmm. That's yep. sad. Because when you're doing controlled trials, knowing that there's a treatment that works and making them wait 18 hours before you do anything, mm-hmm. because you, you because you, you have have cocked the 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 trial in your favor, if you will, it, it that's that's murder charges. I mean, that's homicide. It's insane. But this is. This is what's going on. And here, this poor man, God bless him for, yeah. for standing up, and, and, and he's, he's driving forward, and he is, he is bound and determined to help mankind and, and any patient that he comes in contact with that he can help. And you know, Pierre Coy is the same way, and, and they're not out there on an island by themselves. So He took his oath of office seriously. Absolutely. Do no harm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. That Hippocratic Oath was taken very seriously. And, you know, he it, it doesn't matter. He, he basically is saying what a lot of them are. Well, fire me, do whatever you want to, to you know, I don't care. I'm going to still help people. Um, and uh, this is the information, I think. Not that, that there's plenty of evil out there to go around. I tell you, it's more and more. But, ladies and gentlemen, the thing to take away from here is, as of about three and a half weeks ago, I had no idea that there was a treatment for sepsis yeah, that was 100% foolproof. And if you know someone, you come in contact with anybody that, uh, that is near you in the near, in the near future that contracts this infection, please mention the Merrick uh, treatment and, and get that in as fast as you can or if nothing else, vitamin C. That's all you have to do is mention vitamin C. And they despised him so much that even with COVID, when he was he was using some vitamin C, that they stripped him from that. Told him that he he couldn't give his he couldn't give his patients vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, my hats off to you for being so close to to enemy lines. I should say, uh, not but and we we know there's good people. And 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 you're you're proof. There's good people in these in these facilities and institutions, and uh, all we can do is is pray that uh, that these people will prevail in what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now might be the best time to do that. So as we close, as always, uh, we'll have a word of prayer. Joe, would you mind having prayer for us as we close? Sure. Okay. Our loving, gracious heavenly Father, we praise you that you have given us minds to think, that you give us the ability to decipher the information that comes to us, to filter it properly. And we pray that we would continue to do that, that you would guide us in our understanding as we look at the world that we're in Mm. and the things that are going on and lean on you for everything so that we become closer to you and more like you and caring for other people. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless you.